Hola y bienvenidos a EDU Inspo, a bilingual podcast centered on inspiring through ideas and topics worth spreading, all about education and leadership. Mi nombre es Flor. Stay tuned because today we're talking about racial microaggressions in the classroom. You'll want to hear this, even if you've been teaching for 20 years or if you're a brand new educator. Remember that here at EDU Inspo, we are all familia and our mission is to learn, apply, and share knowledge. So, let's begin. Okay, story time. We have the long title of racial microaggression targeting in the classroom, okay? And I'm not going to bore you with the definition. Instead, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little story on why I was offended and I had to speak up as a bystander in my son's virtual class meeting. So let's go ahead and get started. The other day, I logged on. Um, well, I logged my second grader into his daily Google Meet. Um, it was supposed to be time for ELA, but the teacher had been talking about another student and his journey across the country um, because he had been joining us remotely in his car for the past days. And he finally made it to his destination, so she was celebrating that. So the teacher decided to make it into a learning experience just on the spot the day he arrived, right? So we live in Arizona. This child traveled from Arizona to Pennsylvania, I believe. So she begins to share her screen and she wants to show the class a picture of the United States map to illustrate the road trip journey from AZ to Pennsylvania, right? So then another student catches on to her enthusiasm in learning about traveling, I'm assuming, and he goes ahead and shares in the chat, in the, in the classroom chat, um, that he too often travels, um, but that he travels to Singapore, right? So then she immediately directs her attention to him. She stops talking about the other student who traveled from AZ to Pennsylvania and then she just asks, and I'm going to say that she asks with the illusion of choice because he really didn't have a choice. And she says, hey, how about you be my guest teacher tomorrow and show the class about Singapore and where you're from? And the student, he doesn't unmute, he just nods his head. And I don't really think he was sure of what he was being asked to do, um, which is part of the problem. So anyway, teacher continues and she assumes that this one student, we'll call him student um, number one, knows another student and we'll call that other student, student number two, because they happen to both be Asian. So she says, hey, I think student number two is also from Singapore. I think she's from Singapore like you are too. And last year, I had a student, she says, whose family came here from Singapore as well, meaning here, the U.S., to work on airplanes. So are your parents here to work on airplanes too? Again, the child nods. He doesn't unmute himself. And he's looking a little bit confused, like, yeah, sure. And 
Then she says, I have an idea. Maybe you and student number two can be my guest teachers tomorrow. And I'll have both of you present where you're from so you can show everybody about your culture. And she ends our Google Meet. We, they're really short meetings, 30 minutes. So, so she, she fixates on this idea of them presenting just them two um, for the majority of the meeting, right? And then she says um, her daily spiel. If you have any questions, I'll remain here online. Otherwise, goodbye. So then everybody logs off. Um, there's just a few students who remain and I log off myself. But after I logged off, I found myself trying to calm myself down. And I asked myself, like, wait, what just happened? What did I just witness? Or why is my heart beating so fast? Why in the world do I feel so upset? So I tried to analyze the situation. And then, you know, I realized why I got so offended. Because it brought back memories. So... Growing up as a brown girl, I have been targeted and degraded, like most of us. And in college, in my workplace, and in other random places, right? But most importantly, I too have been singled out in a classroom before because of my background. And I too have been displayed as some sort of unicorn, right? And and whatnot, but... Besides all my personal experiences, I thought to myself, Flor, you have studied about cultural competency in the teaching field, and you're a teacher who prides herself on being inclusive. So I decided to build some courage and log back in. I wanted to share, right, how I was feeling, why I was feeling so upset. So my voice started shaking, <laughs> and I almost, I almost logged off. I almost chickened out. Um, and, and left, right, the meeting, but I knew I had to do it, I just, I couldn't sit and witness it, um, because as a teacher, an educational leader, a parent, and also a minority, a racial microaggression, it doesn't flow with me, so I was careful with my words, and I made sure to be kind, um, and I said to her, hey, I logged back on because I wanted to show my appreciation um, to your intention of trying to show where students are from. But just so you're aware, I interpreted, I interpreted this differently. Um, all of a sudden, you're, you're having only these two Asian students present. Um, and not only are they presenting, but they're presenting during ELA, English Language Arts. Um, and it seems like they're being, you know, targeted or it just seems out of context for me. Um, it went from student who was traveling across the country um, and you showing, you know, a map. And then all of a sudden you directed your focus to these two students. And I'm just concerned with how other parents and you know, including myself, um, will feel about you directing your attention toward the only two Asian students. And I'm afraid I just don't see the connection between ELA instruction time and these two presentations. And her response was, oh, 
I opened it up to other students if they were to share things like that. Which, by the way, was not true because I've been sitting in these meets, in these Google meets. But anyhow, I let her continue. She says, I don't necessarily look at it as just because it wasn't ELA time. I think Friday is kind of more like, you know, sharing things like that. And, and we've been told, um, we've been told, I'm assuming by our administration, if we were bring other things in like social studies and cultures and things like that, absolutely, that's fine to do that. You know, I'm putting it out there for all the students. If they have something they want to share, they can share that. Um, and right before you logged back in, um, I was talking to another student who said she wanted to share something from Mexico. And I said, that'd be awesome. If people want to share about another country or another state, it's just, it's just another way of them interacting. And then she continued and said, I'm sorry that you felt that way. But if you know me at all, at all, that's not me. I absolutely, positively, I, I do not look at it as targeting. I look at it as sharing their culture. So she was very passive aggressive in her voice and I can tell she was upset. And that wasn't my intention to upset her, no, like she said it wasn't her intention <laughs> to go ahead and and um, target these students and I said, "Listen, I don't mean to assume or offend and I'm just expressing how myself and possibly other parents who are minorities and bam, she doesn't let me finish." She interrupts me and she says, and you know what? I appreciate you bringing that up. But if I do my, if I do, my answer will be the same. That I'm not targeting anyone. All I'm doing is allowing them to share their culture. Um, in fact, since next week is more of a fun week, if other kiddos want to share about a country they've been, they've been to or whatever, they, they'll have an opportunity as well. And then I'm like, okay, well, at least it's a little, you know, less offensive. I guess if you open it up to others and you don't just have these two Asian students presenting just about their culture all of a sudden. And then she says, thank you for that. But that was never my intention at all. I don't even understand why you keep saying targeting. That is, I'm sorry, I don't understand that word and why you think I targeted and then she says, "These are others. Uh, there are other students logging on. If you would like to continue this conversation, I'm absolutely willing to. I'm more than willing to continue this conversation. But when there are no other students, and of course, I agree. I mean, when two adults are speaking about private issues like that, I, you know, we we just it's unprofessional. So we ended the meeting, and that was that, right?" However, me being the overthinker that I am, okay, I've thought about this situation and I wanted to share it with you all because I have played this scene in my head and I myself could have done a better job. I could have done a better job at explaining why exactly I was offended and why I felt the need to speak up as a bystander. So... I'll use this platform to share this story and explain why it is important as educators to take 
a situation similar to this one and learn from it. Okay, so let's begin with the following. It's usually not anybody's intention to intentionally harm or bring unpleasant psychological impact on a target person or group. That's literally the definition of a microaggression, okay? So microaggressions are defined as brief and commonplace daily verbal, behavioral, and environmental indignities, whether intentional or unintentional that communicate a hostile, derogatory, or negative racial slights and potentially insults that have harmful or unpleasant psychological impact on the target group or person, okay? So, calling on, engaging, and validating one race of students while ignoring the other students during class as she did, is an example of a microaggression. Because the other students in the class had no idea what were going on. They were not part of the conversation. They were just, you know, witnessing her um, fixating on this one student's Singapore experience and then um, continuing that to the next Asian student, right? Uh, another example of a microaggression. Singling out students because of their backgrounds is a microaggression. Making assumptions about students and their backgrounds is a microaggression. Okay. Expecting students of any particular group to represent the perspectives of others of their race, gender, etc. in class discussions is a microaggression as well. So I'll repeat that. Examples of microaggressions and examples uh, particular examples from this situation of microaggressions are calling on, engaging, and validating one race of students while ignoring other students during class, singling out students in class because of their backgrounds, making assumptions about students and their backgrounds, and expecting students of any particular group to represent the perspectives of others of their race in class discussions is a microaggression. And as teachers, administrators, and just human beings, it's our job to raise awareness and sensitivity toward creating a more inclusive and supportive classroom, okay? And other school environments as well. But most importantly, it's our own job. It's our own job to raise our own awareness and our own sensitivity. As an educational leader, you have to keep an open mind and be ready for anything. Flexibility is really important. At the end, all I really wanted her to do was acknowledge and reflect where the microaggression came from and how she can avoid similar mistakes in the future, but she obviously didn't take it this way. I wanted her to know that praising differences at the wrong time is a microaggression packaged as an opportunity. Like, I'm giving an opportunity for them to share their culture. That is a microaggression packaged as an opportunity. Yes, it's important for students who share to share who they are. I agree, no? However, it's usually done in alignment to a unit um, or in the first days of school. I do it in the first week of school. 
I do it to build community where they all share who they are. So what I'm trying to say is that there's a time and there's a place and there's a form of doing it. And I understand that that we need to try to speak on our own behalf. Okay, so I I know that I should have never um, spoke on the behalf of other families and assumed right um, that that they who experienced the microaggression. Um, we're we're cognizant of this. I I'm totally aware of this. Okay, the person who has experienced the microaggression is the one that should be advocating for themselves. However, these are second grade students, and most second grade students are not capable of being cognizant of a racial targeted microaggression. Okay. I mean, come on, it took me like, what, 30 years to be able to identify and label it? And plus, being an educator, okay, takes love, and you know that. It takes love and lots of it, and that's why not everybody can do it, okay? Being an educator means being a constant student. It means taking our learning, okay, and, and applying it, reflecting. We must be reflective on our practice we have the opportunity to positively or negatively impact the lives of others we have that power and we must use it wisely we have to utilize this opportunity that we have that everybody has this in the bettering of society so whether you know it or not As an educator, you hold an unbelievably valuable space in the world. Okay, so I'll end this with, let's be more aware of our connections with our students and families. And remember that if you end up committing a microaggression, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. Okay, so don't try to get defensive. I mean, chances are the person who's sharing their discomfort is is taking a risk by sharing this information with you so instead instead acknowledge that the other person's hurt okay apologize and reflect on it and whatever you do don't try to fool yourself and think that you're not doing any harm simply because it wasn't your intention I'll leave you guys with that. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, if you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can add me on Instagram at edu.inspo. That's edu.inspo. Si les ha gustado este podcast, no se les olvide suscribirse y también pueden agregarme en Instagram en edu.inspo. Es edu.inspo.